I'm Jordy. And I'm Juliet. And this is Diaper Baggage. A podcast that shows you how to get rid of the mom guilt. On this week's special episode, we'll talk about how we are explaining racism in America to our kids. Plus, we'll quickly catch up about how we've been since quarantine started. So hi, Juliet. Hi. This is the first time that we are recording not together. I know. I know. We have been, well, I've been in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, since March 13th. Um, and you've been upstate, right? Also since March 13th. Yeah. So yeah, we've just, both of us have been self-quarantining with our families and like a lot of other people in New York and in this country have just been, you know, trying to focus on staying safe and figuring out uh, what the new normal looks like when trying to survive being at home all the time with kids during quarantine And we actually were trying to plan an episode to come back and chat about, you know, a longer catch up about how we were doing in quarantine and our tips for surviving quarantine and the things that we purchased during quarantine. Um, But a lot has happened in the last week that we just felt like we needed to address. Um, And we've been talking a lot about it together. And so you know, we figured we should talk about it with you guys too, right, Juliet? Yeah. I mean, it's strange. I feel like the last time we recorded both feels like not that long ago. And also it feels like 10,000 years ago because things change so much from week to week. And so many of the things that are we're dealing with on a daily basis now weren't even remotely on our radar the last time we got together. Uh, we were just happy to have just gotten back from Mexico City, which feels like a lifetime ago now. So it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. I mean, when we went to Mexico city, I saw maybe two people wearing masks, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really think anything of it. And it in no way was an issue when we were thinking about going on that trip. It just, it was something that was happening in China and that was it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we had a whole episode planned on how we're dealing with quarantine, but I think we're going to, um, push that to another week in light of everything else that's been going on in America and in the world. (laughs) We basically just wanted to dedicate this whole episode to talking about everything that's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, feeling called to action and trying to wrap our heads around, you know, how we can be allies in this movement, because obviously we are, you know, privileged white women And we have children, though, that we're raising in this world. And, you know, I think for me, I can't speak for you, Juliet, but like sometimes I can feel, you know, powerless as to how I can help, how I can make a difference. And I've been trying to do a lot of research about like what I can do for myself and for Wilder, who is now two years old. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. I have a two-year-old. Wow, that just hit me. That's crazy. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of change is happening right now. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like you feel the same way about, like, what's happening and just trying to figure out what, you know, what we can do. Absolutely. Um, There's so much to digest right now. And I think if you have not been closely following this work for years, it's hard to know where to start. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're on social media between Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everybody's posting, okay, well, if you only read one article, if you only watch one video, it has to be this one. And you see that a hundred times a day and it yeah. can be overwhelming to know where to start. And, um, you know, you and I both are trying to be super conscious about, uh, doing the right thing and, and reading as much as we can. And, um, I was speaking with one of my friends last night, just about how even sort of that drive for perfectionism and for trying to read or watch as much as you possibly can is also sort of a symptom of white privilege in the sense that that's a very, I guess, sort of white woman way of looking at a problem. Like it it can be solved. I just need to read enough about it and apply myself and, and then I'll figure it out, you know? And so it's, it's a different type of problem than a lot of us white women are, are used to dealing with. And, um, it's, it is a lifelong journey, which I think is another thing that's different than what I'm normally learning about. Um, and, and like you're saying, there's a whole added level because we're not only trying to educate ourselves, but we're trying to figure out the best way to educate young children mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, you know, in obvious case, she's four, she'll be four and a half in August. And, uh, we brought her to a socially distanced car caravan protest today and we made signs this morning and um it, it was really it's hard to know how much to say because as i've been reading teaching children to be colorblind is actually a really yeah terrible way yeah <laughs> to teach them about race and it really does a disservice to them because race is important and skin color is important and they should be learning that even as young as 2 years old um but you obviously don't want to scare a four-year-old in terms of too right. many details, but you you want them to know what's going on. So it's a it's a very hard line to balance. And of course, like she's four, and so we're putting these posters together. And one said "No Justice, No Peace," and one said uh, "Black Lives Matter." And she was like, "Well, I'm going to make one that says White Lives Matter." And we were like, "Oh God, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, you're not doing that." And, and you will like, not be doing why? that. And we're like, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I know that you're, what you're kind of trying to say, but like, yeah. and then she was like, well, should I make one that says like, the police are bad? And I was like, uh, again, like, no, <laughs> it's not really a black and white issue, but you know, I'm realizing we're going to, this is in the news all the time and, and around us. And, and these are things we're going to be navigating every day. Um, and so, yeah, I think we just wanted to get together to talk about how in these early weeks we've been navigating this and how we're learning and how we're teaching our kids as well. I want to be open and admit my, my naive thinking perhaps. And like, I kind of was under the assumption of like colorblind is the, what, what you teach your kids. Like, of course they should, everyone should be equal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that again is, that is white privilege, right? Like black children don't have the option of, of having that as part of their lives. So it was like a mini wake up call for me to be like, no, I, this is something that like, I need to actively be talking about with my, my child so they can be aware of the inequalities, uh, in our, in our country. And hopefully the more of us that do that, the, the bigger impact we can have as, as the years go on, right? Like we can start to get rid of some of the systemic racism. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I've actually been doing a lot of reading 
just in the last week about, okay, what, what kind of books can I get for a four-year-old? What mm-hmm. kind of, you know, videos can we be watching? What, what should I be exposing her to? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've sort of like, at least for books, I've sort of narrowed it down to two categories. One is books that are really explicitly about racism um, mm-hmm. for kids. And there are books that deal with that. And I just ordered one that should be shipping in July that's uh, called A Kid's Book About Racism. <laughs> and <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, so I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I'll let you know. And then the other thing I've been reading is, you know, make sure that your kids have black role models, but also are exposed to black characters and not just novels where, you know, it's a, it's a slave or it's a, it's a poor black child that is overcoming diversity, just a straight up kid's book that has a black main character. Yeah. So I went online and, uh, found some sort of what they call chapter books. So it's like a step beyond picture books, um, but not quite like Harry Potter level. Um, and mm-hmm. there's one called Jada Jones. written. Uh, it's a whole series written by Kelly Starling Lyons that got really good reviews. So I just ordered those for her. Um, and then, you know, I've been trying to find – she's not actually super into dolls, but if she were um, – I put this on my blog. I found the, the cutest black doll and I showed it to her and I was like, isn't her outfit amazing? Like, don't you want this doll? And she's like, I don't play with dolls. And I was like, okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I'm just trying to make sure that she has books about black people and that if I'm buying a book that I'm trying to get it from a black bookstore if possible. And, um, you know, if I'm, looking for a new shirt for her or like a new bath product. Like, can I find either black owned boutique or a black business to buy it from instead of going to Sephora or something like that? Right. Right. And like, even, you know, obviously Avi is a bit older and you can have much more conversations with her than I can with Wilder as a two year old. Um, but what from the research that I've been reading is that even as young as Wilder's age at two, that they start to pick up on the fact uh, on races and the fact that people look different and they can start to pick up on if you're behaving differently around people with different skin colors or, you know, any, any sort of difference in the way that they look. Right. So, you mm-hmm. know, I can't necessarily read him, uh, you know, a chapter book on, uh, you know, how to not be racist, but like you right. were mentioning before, like having, you know, black protagonist characters. So like we ordered, we have a bunch of Ezra Jack Keats books already, but we like ordered some more and like are making sure that those are in rotation because they just, you know, they have black characters that are just, it could be anyone, right? Like, and it's just a normal fun kids book. So trying to figure out little ways that I can start to have that conversation, even with a two-year-old, I think is important. And like you were mentioning, like just to keep certain things top of mind, right? Like if you have the option to purchase something from a black, you know, a a boutique that's owned by uh, someone who's black or who's making a product, you know, those are all just little ways that you, you can start to make 
somewhat of a difference. And I think helping to raise children that are aware of what's happening, even on starting on a very, what seems like to me, sometimes like a basic level, um, I think can make a tremendous difference, or I hope it makes a tremendous difference, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, yes, these are small things. Buying her some books with Black protagonists or getting her a t-shirt with you know, a NASA scientist on it. Um, it's very small things, but I think we have to start small. And and I think the first step is just being cognizant of what is going on and, and how every day we can be trying to do better in terms of being aware of it. And I yeah. think one of the things that really struck me um, was just in terms of talking about what white women need to be recognizing in the situation is that it's not just being an ally and it's not just showing up to the protests or donating money or shopping at black businesses, but it's the idea that we are, we're going to need to give something up in order to make room for the table for other people Mm -hmm. of color. And Mm -hmm. that really struck me because, you know, we're obviously both writers and a lot of, editors and writers I'm seeing are like, there needs to be more people of color and especially black people. Um, And most of our writers groups, I think we're in are women. So it's a lot about black women um, Mm -hmm. that are be, that are getting these assignments. So it's thinking about like, okay, do, do I step back at this point to let a black writer have more say when, you know, at the same time, it's like, well, this is how I make my money, you know, but it's often that they make their money and I'm afforded so many more opportunities because of the color of my skin. And when you think about it that way, it's just insane. Like the fact that just by virtue of my ethnicity, I've been granted more access or just introduced to more editors is entirely unfair. Like you mentioned before, it's going to be a lifelong learning curve. What can we do? Do we take a step away from an assignment or... Again, I, I feel like I'm still very much in the thick of it and I'm really trying to do a good job of of learning. But that and having those conversations are really important, right? Like us having this conversation right now and thinking about and just like continuing to expand our knowledge around this and thinking about it from all the different angles and not just the same way that we think about problems in the past um, is really important, right? Right, right. It's like our tagline is how to get rid of the mom guilt. And I think in this case, it's it's a different type of guilt, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's guilt for being a white mom, and and the fact that we have been afforded so many privileges just because of who we were born as, right? Um, yeah, and obviously, like we're we're really only skimming the surface here. You'd need an unlimited amount of hours to to really tackle um, everything that you could be doing. Um, but I think it's been it's been wonderful to be able to talk about these issues with a lot of different friends in my life where I've just seen how thoughtful and intelligent people have been about how they're addressing this problem. And it's really made me love a lot of friends and acquaintances and, and work people I know even more. Right. Like our tagline is how to get rid of the mom guilt. Part of it, too, is... And I, I'm going to, 
you might be able to quote it properly. I'm probably going to mess it up. But the idea of like, there's all these different lanes, right? Like you can post on social media, you can donate money, you can go out and protest, you can support a black business, you can talk to your children, like there's all these different lanes. And every single one of them is important. So if you, you know, you should be stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit, but there's also room in all of these places to make a difference. So perhaps you're not the person that's going to go out and protest, but there is a lot that you can do. And as long as you're trying to do something, um, that's great, right? Like don't feel guilty about not doing, you should be doing the idea of that, like just doing something is better than doing nothing. Right. So like if you have a lane and that's the only one that you're super comfortable in right now, like it's okay right? Like you're doing something. Right. Exactly. It's not everybody can do everything. And and obviously neither of us are in New York city right now. We have not been able to go to those protests, for example. Um, but I am educating myself. I'm educating my family. You know, as I said, we went to a, a car caravan today and, and that's what I can be doing right now. And when I go back into the city, I will be doing different things. And, um, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is one of my good friends, Eliza Orleans is running for Manhattan DA. um, And one of her platforms is really just examining the prison system in New York and how we can stop having so many people of color in, in the prison pipeline. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've, I've been excited for her since she announced she's running, but I feel like, especially now in the last few weeks, I'm just even more energized to help out with her campaign because I really believe in what she's doing. You know, bottom line, like you mentioned, we could talk about this for for a very long time and and as we should be, right? Like we should continue this conversation. But for now, like just to offer some support to other people listening to us, you know, I think we can boil it down to like right now, you know, like do what you can do. And that can include like getting the books that we talked about for your children, no matter their age. New York Times Parenting has a great list broken up by ages. Uh, Washington Post has a great list too. Uh, educating yourselves. Like there, I think there's so many books are sold out on Amazon. I had to get the audiobook version of how to be an anti-racist, but like trying to educate ourselves, trying to, you know, donate money if, if you have the means to do it or support a black business if you can. Um, these are just, you know, some ways if you're feeling a little lost, like I certainly was in this process, these are, you know, just little things that are building blocks to, to help you start make a difference, um, and to educate ourselves, to start to educate ourselves on this really, you know, deep, deep topic that will take a lifetime to, and more to really unravel. Exactly. And, you know, our DMs on our Instagram are always open and we would love to hear how you are handling this with your kids and we'd love tips ourselves and, and, you know, we're happy to be a sounding board, um, for anyone that's out there. This is a learning process and we're trying to do, we're trying to do the right thing. Um, and that should be the goal and not to try to tear each other down. Like this is supposed, especially when I'm talking about like moms and motherhoods. There's so many opportunities for competition and to tear each other down. But like, let's use this really as an opportunity to come together and support each other as moms through this. I couldn't say it better myself. (laughs) That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of Diaper Baggage.